0: Hey guys, what's up? (laughs) What
1: are we doing? Hey yo, new year, new year. Uh, I
0: thought we said two hundred and done. Are we still doing what what happened? What's going on? uh, yeah. I think we're broken. Are we are we doing another one? I think isn't two hundred and done like a phrase that people say, like, you know, we're gonna do two hundred and done.
2: I think we overflowed and starting back in the beginning. Yeah, we're Uh, here now, so Okay. Well, all right. Well another two hundred then? Maybe. Let's do it. Maybe. That's All 10 right. more years, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, whew, now we say it like that. <laughs>
0: I
1: don't know if I had I didn't realize that was
0: such a commitment when you when you put it in terms like that. Uh, okay. Well, yep. fine then. All right. So we'll do another two. This will be 201 and we'll do another one. All right. You know, so I guess subscribe to us if you
2: haven't already. We're in places. That we are. Okay, so um, you can also (laughs) send your feedback, questions, and rants to comments at codingblocks.net and see how we're so on script here. You can also follow us on Twitter at codingblocks.
0: Alan's like twitching, like, I don't like change.
2: Why didn't he say the normal things? (laughs) I don't know where to go from here.
1: Yeah, Yeah, mixing it up. Uh, We also have a website, uh, codingblocks.net, which has uh, links to things at the top of the page that you might find interesting. Uh, And I'm Joe Zach, by the way. I'm Michael Outlaw.
2: And after 201 episodes, I'm Alan Underwood.
0: No, the, you're after 200. We haven't done the 201st episode yet.
2: At the beginning of the 201st episode, I'm still <laughs> Alan Underwood.
0: <laughs> you might change after this, though. I may. I may. Yeah. So 202 episode. Episode 202. Watch out. That's right. Uh, what would it couldn't be like if if Joe is Josephina and I'm Michelle? What would
2: Alan be? Elena. Alina. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? Okay. We're calling the draw. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah but I, don't, I, don't I got you I'm all tough.
0: beat, though, because I got a, I got a Guns N' Roses song, so, you know.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, a, there, or a Beatles song, too. Well, there is a Josephine
0: song, though, so I guess you're okay. I don't know about an Alina song, though. I'll find something. Wasn't there like a—what what was the recent movie, though? The Battle—you Uh, battle, uh well, you know the one I'm talking about? Alina, the Battle Guard or Battle Angel? Oh, Battle Angel or something? Yeah. What was What was the name of that movie? Oh come on, uh, Alita! Alita, there you go. But
1: there is yeah. a lot. come on, Eilina. I I think you're that's a stretch. <laughs> I would change my name. <laughs> Worth it. Uh, <laughs> Everyone should have a song in their name. You okay. Should. Uh,
0: all right. Well, we had some new reviews in, and thank you very much. They were really great. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we got one in from email too that I wanted to call out. Special thanks uh, to nace um in email form but from itunes we got uh i love this one it's potato courageous potato <laughs> uh this is potato uh and
1: a jd milo so yeah awesome uh also hey uh game jam it's officially by the time you're listening to this j you and we've got a game jam going on so if you ever wanted to make a game you ever wanted to dabble you ever just wanted to give a shot then you should do it. You should sign up and uh, make a game. Um, you know, Take what time you got. Take what skills you got. Take uh, some time, experiment, and learn some new things and have fun. It's really awesome and really colorful and really cool and, uh, I don't know, life-affirming. <laughs> so you should sign up for it. And We've got a link right here. You can also go to codingbox.net slash uh, cbjam. I want to make sure that works. And by the time you hear this, it will definitely be working. <laughs> we, and we uh, yeah. We should also call CDM. it too. It
0: doesn't necessarily have to be like you create the game. It could be like you want to True. work with others in like the Slack community, for example, or a friend or coworker. And, and maybe you want to do like the assets to the game, right? Like the, yeah, the graphics or the audio uh, you know, to it. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to just be about uh, the code.
1: Yeah, and yeah. if you're looking for partners or you want to find people to team up with, uh, oh, we got a Slack channel, uh, Game Dev Be, where you can come uh, join the Slack and uh, hop in there and say, hey, I want to team up with somebody.
0: Now, in the past years, we have uh, live streamed our efforts. I assume we're doing that again. Oh, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, we should, put, which put means I should spot. probably. Yeah, I should probably make sure my stuff is in good working order before the day of like last time. Just yeah. off your Twitch account. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So I'll be doing that. I think I, yeah, I need to try and take a day off for it because I actually want to have some fun with it this year.
0: Now, correct me if I'm wrong too, if I remember right, because like uh, recent years, we uh, you I know, made the joke about Twitch, but I think last year we went to YouTube, right? Wasn't there like, there was some, what, am I remembering that wrong? I did Twitch. I did oh, you Twitch did? also. Yeah. For, for some reason, I was thinking that there was like an advantage of going to YouTube over Twitch that we discovered we like right it. at the. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm remembering it wrong then. So, you know, 200 episodes. I'm allowed to make a mistake. On I, that's the first one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Not bad. I've made one mistake. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that 's amazing, speaking of mistakes, uh, Alan you got a topic here,
2: yeah, so I got something and I wanted to ask this one on air. We started to talk about it before we started recording here, and so there was a last pass breach right that I guess started back in the summer and then and then more information's been revealed about it over time, and I guess maybe something got piggybacked on it i 'm not exactly sure, but here 's the deal there were so outlaws read a little bit more about it, and we were talking about it beforehand and it sounds like not everything was encrypted in what they had. And, and what that what that means is sure your passwords were encrypted, but maybe the usernames weren't and the URLs weren't and that kind of stuff. So so while your passwords may be secure, half if your username wasn't encrypted, half of what makes your account secure might have gotten leaked and it's unclear right now. At least it sounds like it's unclear as to what was done. So we had a little bit of chat over the previous few days, like, Hey, is anybody planning on leaving LastPass?" And here's my question to you guys. This is why I wanted to wait until we got on the air. What we found out about this leak is, excuse me. One sec. Is this seems to be a mixture of what they store on prem and what they store in the cloud and how they do their storing of these things, whether it be secure, encrypted, or whatever internally. So, a lot of that is like inside information. So, even if you were going to move off LastPass, how would you feel comfortable moving to another provider unless they just tell you every single thing about how they store every single thing, which would also then open them up to attacks? From other people like how do you how would you find a good replacement for this thing that we've been using collectively for almost 10 years
1: yeah i can tell you what i used to do which is uh, i felt was more secure but so much less convenient Uh, i used to keep keypass which was a local uh database or uh you know encrypted database so basically there was a password there it was encrypted on disk and it was yours it was no network it was just wholly on your computer and i put it in dropbox you know and so the sync on my device so i could access it uh but it didn't have the kinds of integrations that LastPass had so uh it was basically you know a deal killer it's such a pain to go and copy paste you find that thing and you know we'll make sure it's updated in dropbox or whatever copy the password out you can't share uh, you don't get reminders uh, about uh, you know like using duplicate passwords or older passwords. You don't get any sort of uh, well. I think you might get history action on, on them, but uh, it was uh, far less convenient. But I, I do feel like it was more secure. But I, I can't go back to that. <laughs> too many accounts, too many places. Like no way. Um. Okay. So first of all, uh,
0: a couple things. One, just to add some clarity to this thing, too. It was three breaches. As I understand it, it started in August with the initial breach, then one that was announced in September, and then the latest one that happened. Uh, I forget if it was like late November or early December, something like that. Um, but that—that's my understanding of the time frame. And it was, you know, one one is believed to have led to the other, et cetera. Because at first, the original announcements were like, "Oh, uh, we've noticed unwarranted access to dev environments." And then it's believed that through that access it got through. So I'm definitely not trying to be like the source of all truth and information about that. So, you know, go read up on it on your own. The frustrating thing from my perspective on it is a lack of, a lack of details around some of what, what is available and what isn't available. I've read. So while you were talking, I I did some Googling too, just to see like other sources. I've read other articles where, security experts were saying that the pro that users myself included were under the inception that your last pass vault was basically an one entire encrypted database. And some of the security experts, you know, things that I've read said that is not the case that the passwords are encrypted, but there's other metadata that is not. But I'm looking at an Ars technica article right now that says that, uh, Usernames and passwords in the notes and form field data are all encrypted. And, you know, um, but, but why do you have they, to get
1: that from Ars Technica? You know, like why yeah. isn't LastPass telling us that? I did find a list by the way. We'll have a link in the show notes the fields, and notes are encrypted. And it was along with usernames, passwords, there's uh, several of them, but there's but like 30 the fields. The, the URL you, is not encrypted.
0: Yeah. So uh so yeah, exactly. And that and that's my point. There, there, it's frustrating because I just wish that LastPass would just say, we realize the the folly of our ways. Here is the list of things that you should be concerned about because these are the things that are not encrypted. And at least then, you know, you as an educated consumer could make a choice to be like, oh, well, I'm not impacted. Or, oh, I am impacted. Let me go change these things, right? And And there's just been a very... You know, LastPass's answer to it has been, well, if you followed our recommendations, then you're safe. Basically setting themselves up as if to say, well, if you did get breached, it's on you because you clearly didn't follow our recommendations, right? Which is kind of like, ah, I get it. Yeah, sure. Like if you used a short password or if you reused a password as your master password, like either of those two things would be really bad, right? Like a short and or reused master password would be silly. So, yeah, you, you do take some of that. But some of it was like in the defaults for uh, the, the number of um, iterations that the password is hashed during as part of the password-based key derivation function, right? The number of iterations of that, which if you're an, a long-time old-school LastPass, pass, uh, LastPass user, that might have been a really low number compared to what's now recommended as their default, right? So did you go and update that? You know, if if you've been a decade plus user of LastPass, and I have, then did you go and update that? Now, fortunately for me, I had updated that a while back, but how many did, you know? So that's been part of the frustration for me. Now, to your question, though, To to Alan's specific question, I kind of look at it like this. How do I know that anyone else is more secure? I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, let's pick one password as an example, right? Like, they're probably one of the top competitors to LastPass. Bitwarden, I believe, is probably somewhere in there. And then there's like the old school methods that uh, Jay-Z is talking about, like a key pass, right? So, so. Let's let's throw KeyPass off to the side for a moment, since it's not a a managed service like the others are. But how do do I really trust that they're going to be any more secure than LastPass? I and I'm not, they might be. I just don't have. Right. There's no way for any one of us to have the guarantee that they are. But what I do hope is going to happen is that you know due to the scrutiny that now LastPass is under from this they're going to be under the gun. They're going to make some serious improvements is my hope.
2: Right. Because similar to what zoom did, right? Like when, when the pandemic started and zoom was like under like heavy yeah. fire, they went crazy yeah. on improving a, security and all that. And they didn't just have one, uh, you know, um, uh,
0: I don't want to call it a breach, but let's say like bug or problem or whatever you want. However you want to phrase that. Cause there's wasn't a breach and it wasn't technically, a, I guess an attack, but like whatever the zoom bombs was an example. Right. You know, it wasn't just one thing they had. They had a, a series of things, but then they hardened it, right, as a result of that. And so what my hope is, is that, you know, LastPass has taken their punches, but they're going to come back stronger. They're going to learn from it. They'll fix it. They'll come back stronger. And so I, I'm still in it for the long haul for the time being, until until I learn otherwise. Now, I have looked at, um, you know— uh, Cause there is like, you know, since the beginning of LastPass, last past like uh, now Chrome, for example, has password management built in and
2: it's edge. Well, it's um, probably part of Chromium.
0: Yeah. And uh, password has a better password man. Uh, Firefox, sorry. Firefox has better password management built into it. And um, things like I- uh, iOS, for example, has it built into it. And, all of those seem great, but you're also kind of locked in, you know. Yep. And you could definitely make a an argument that, like, well, of like, if you were to compare Google, Apple, and LastPass, let's just let's talk those three for a moment. Sorry, Mozilla. Um, you know, you could make an argument that, like, Google and Apple are financially motivated and have the resources to like really. Uh, stay on top of things more so maybe than a smaller entity like a last pass. You think that's a fair statement? I mean, last pass is incentivized, but do they have the resources, you know? Right. Um, And, and iOS has come out with some really cool things over the recent years, but I don't know that I like the, like Apple, Google, and the Mozilla options are limiting into
2: like the integrations yeah it's four websites right for the most part well maybe not ios type yeah not the ios one yeah and and to be honest like with the google stuff i just i don't know it's like one more thing for them to track and trace and and follow you everywhere i don't feel as bad about apple like i mean yes they're all they're all capitalist companies that are trying to make money and and they want to harvest stuff apple seems to be the less evil in that regard but but still I, I like having a company that is focused on securing my data completely as opposed to having split brain on a bunch of stuff. But Well, yeah.
0: there was a there was a recent um announcement over the last few weeks, I forget exactly when it came out, but where uh Apple announced, Hey, we're encrypting your backups in iCloud now.
2: And I'm like, You weren't already? Right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know what I didn't know. <laughs> like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for uh,
0: honestly. Thank you for putting that that thing in there. Also, by the way, why weren't you already doing that? <laughs> so I don't know. It. it I, I do. Uh, also, too, though, to the frustration with with LastPass's response, though. So I I am frustrated in in the lack of it, but also at the same time. I do appreciate that they aren't being too quick to say things and then have to like make corrections like, Oh, we messed up. We, we said we misspoke. That's not incorrect. And, and constantly like trying to correct the record. Cause then that would just create more confusion. So I do, I do appreciate that when they are saying something, it's more thought out, I guess, but it still leaves you wanting, which I guess is probably going to be the case regardless
2: yeah. And and what really sucks is we're talking about the thing that handles the most sensitive of things, right? So it's, it's an impossible situation. I think I'm sort of with outlaw on the, you know, they got egg on their face. They're probably going to try real hard to rectify that. Um, but I don't know. It makes you just, it, it makes you just feel sort of disheartened at the entire world of security because, Like, if you can't trust the thing that you pay to trust, what can you do? Like, bouncing somewhere else isn't going to make me feel better.
0: Well, I mean, there's been, like, in some of the articles, too, there's been talk about, like, I forget how they worded it. But it made it sound like there was other customer type of things that that were leaked. Like, maybe not credit card information, but. I don't know. The point is is like I just wish we could get a a list from last of Here are the things here's a list of the things that, that were leaked. Here and here's the what's encrypted and what's not. Right. And at least yeah, then exactly. we can make
2: a, a list. Yeah, totally. You know.
0: So uh you know, if you haven't already, definitely go and iterate, you know, change your master password, reevaluate your uh your your iter- the um I always forget the acronym, how to say the letters of the acronym, but it's the password based key derivation function. Like those, the iterations, PBDKF, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Something like that. It's impossible um, to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And also, cause I think they leave out a letter too, if I remember right. Uh, probably. Yeah. So, um, like the B in one of those, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so, so definitely reevaluate that if you haven't already. And, you know, I, I've been spending the holidays as as we all should, updating my passwords.
2: <laughs> yeah, not so much. It's been so much fun. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I also didn't love the response they didn't uh, didn't tell people to update their passwords. Uh, but, like that's one of the first things I did is I went and changed my most important passwords and I changed my master password. You know, it, it does seem like there's some I don't know <laughs> it was risk there, so I'm not 100 percent sure it was the right thing to do. And they definitely didn't tell me to do it. But uh, I did it. Well,
0: that's what that's I meant a, by their response of like, hey, yeah. if you followed our recommendations, you're okay. Which their recommendations were like, I believe a password no less than 12 characters. Um, yeah. 12 was something. the minimum.
2: And, and then, then 100,000 key derivation things, I believe.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I believe their default is 100, 1,100. Yeah, so like 100, that. 100, 100, 100, 100 is the their default for it i don't know it was just still want it left you wanting so i don't know I, i've yeah, beaten but, that horse yep
2: that's an right, awful so, expression too i'm sorry yeah. beating that horse or beating the dead horse yeah <laughs> I mean, a lot of expressions beating that horse that's like how did that even bit, become a thing like, I, don't know. I mean it's it's nicer to beat the dead horse than it is the live horse so
0: I didn't specify, so you know, take it. Whatever, that says something about you. Decide which way you decided if, if I was beating the dead horse
2: versus a live horse. That that's really says something about you more than me. Maybe yeah, maybe can we agree? Maybe. Yeah, possibly. All right, so so on to the the main portion of the show, which is what we do every year, where we sort of look back and say, hey, this is what we want to do this coming year right? Like these are the things that we're interested in. This is what we we plan to do and we'll accomplish 8% of it. Right. So, um, oh,
0: crap. What I, I will, Oh,
2: yeah. Well, well, maybe hopefully
0: I thought these so. were resolutions. So these are the things that I'm <laughs> guaranteeing myself to break.
2: Yeah. You just sweep under the rug as soon as the new year starts. That, that may be possible too. So, um, I guess with that outlaw, you're, you're kicking us off here, right?
0: Yeah. So, um, I noticed that some of the ones uh, that you guys had weren't necessarily, I stayed, uh, you know, code focused, um, with, with my choices. But number one on my list is I really want to get deep into Kotlin. Uh, so that's number one on my list. So I'm really hoping this year that I can, uh, figure out a way to work that into some of my projects and whatnot. Um, you know, what's, what's that learning technique, like total immersion, uh, you know, where you, sink or swim kind of thing. So yeah, Yeah. I want to, I want to get into that. And, um, I mean, we've talked about it on the show over the, over the recent years, right? Like it's made its uh, way into the tip of the week several times, like different features of Kotlin have made, made its way into the tip of the week several times. And, um, so like, you know, I have some knowledge of it tangentially, right. Um, but I haven't had a chance to get deep into it. And so, you know, if I can't get into it from like project work, then, you know, at the very least, maybe I can get more, uh, you know, get deeper with it in like the way of code wars or things like that. It's kind of, um, you know, what my thought process was on that. So yeah, nice.
2: Yeah. I I will say if you go that route, if, if you go the deep immersion, I honestly feel like Kotlin is one of the easier ones to learn, especially coming from C sharp already. Um, but it's not; it doesn't have as many complex, nuanced features. Like, it seems like they really focused on simplifying the the developer experience. Now, there are some things that that are interesting, but it, it's more of a fun one to learn than I think most other languages. I think, like I tried
0: um, a couple years back there was some effort where I was like, you know, I had, I had like a week off or something like that. And I'm like, you know what, I'm like, let's sit down and try it. And, um, I think at that time though, I might've bitten off more than I would, than I thought that I was ready for because at the same time, and this was like, you know, 2020, maybe, um, I, I was digging into Kafka and specifically trying to use Kotlin with Kafka. And so depending on the source that I was for documentation that I was looking at a a lot of it was in Java, not in Kotlin. And then I'd have to try to figure out how to like convert the Java into the appropriate Kotlin. And there are some features with like take IntelliJ, for example, where um, IntelliJ has this feature where you can copy the Java into your Kotlin file and it'll automatically do the transformations for you. Yeah but that wasn't working for me.
2: Oh, and that's interesting. At the
0: time, at the time it wasn't working for me. So I was like, well, okay, I so at first I'm like, "Oh, okay, I guess it converted it?" It looks awfully Java like and like exactly like what I posted, but maybe it was already, or copied, but maybe it was already like, you know, Kotlin friendly or something. So, uh, yeah, that that definitely threw me for a loop. So, um I'm hoping that, you know, just better resources and more, it's had more time to mature and whatnot that like, you know, it will be a thing. It won't be as, uh, as, as cumbersome. And, and, you know, if you can get like dedicated focus time, cause it's like your you, you know, a, a project that you're working on and not just something that you're doing in the side, then, you know, uh, you know, you'll just, you'll just have more time to focus on it. So I'm hoping that that'll, that'll fall into place. That's my, my hope.
2: Cool. Yeah. Hey, so so real quick before we move on to Jay Z's, I notice you have some some things associated with it.
0: Well, so this is this was my this was my number two uh thing, my number two resolution. So, I I want to get deeper into uh, some streaming technologies. So, like Kafka, for example uh, from like an administration kind of side, like I have that conceptually down pat administration of it down pat, you know, that's not a problem there, but there's weeds related to like, uh, you know, like with Kafka connect or, you know, uh, with Kafka itself that I haven't had a chance, I haven't had a need to get into. And so again, going back to Kotlin, like, you know, hope I'm not setting myself up. Uh, but for failure again, but you know, I, I I want to use Kotlin specifically against those technologies, but also too, um, you know, an, a newcomer to that list or new newcomer. I don't know that we've talked about it a whole lot on this show, but Flink. You know, I, I want to get more into Flink, which <clears throat> I think I have an idea conceptually about what it is, but in a lot of ways, it's kind of a black box to me, only because I haven't had to to get into it, but. You know, in my mind, I kind of think of it as something kind of similar to like a beam, which I could be totally wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Flink is definitely like on my radar of, you know, here here are the here are the technologies and tools that I want to, um, you know, by the end of the year, I would like to be more proficient at.
2: All right. So, so two things real quick before we, before we go further into that. One, for anybody that hears streaming technologies, um, it's sort of a shared term in, in tech. So we're not talking about like video or audio streaming. We're talking about, oh, yeah, um, good point. real data. Coming in like so usually Kafka is at the center of that because it's a super fast read write type um, implementation. So when we're talking about streaming data technologies, it's basically as soon as data hits our Kafka cluster, then we can react and do something with that data. Right. So that's what he's talking about with streaming. And then the only other thing I wanted to share here for you to be careful of when you get in here is Kotlin's amazing. One of the biggest problems that you will run into
0: Maven. Oh, sorry. Well,
2: <laughs> Maven's always fun. Oh, uh, but especially in the streaming space and Jay Z, I think I think we've both hit this at some point. Is the type coercions are sort of weird on some of the Java libraries, and they will cause you real pain when you are trying to write your your streaming code with Kotlin. And when I say type coercions, like in Kotlin, they have their own version of a string. They have their own version of a long, and all that kind of stuff, right? And for the most part, when you're writing um, uh, with Java libraries, it, it all just maps out just fine. For some weird reason, and my guess is it's got to do with serialization or something like that in, in a lot of the streaming libraries, they don't type coerce properly and you end up having to do a lot of weird stuff to get their string to map to your string. And so it's not a straightforward conversion, right? Like like what you were talking about, it, it works for me in IntelliJ, right? I go find a chunk of Java code that I want to be Kotlinized. I, I paste it and it just magically rewrites it and it's all good. Um, That same type thing typically won't work in just a pure streaming application, not because it shouldn't, but because of these weird type coercions that are happening behind the scenes.
0: Okay, so tangent alert. But wouldn't that be like a function of like uh, the serialization? Like if you did, if you did the default, like a JSON serialization to Kafka, I could see maybe that be an issue. But if you use like an Avro format where the schema is known of what the message
2: structure is, shouldn't that address that? It's the library. So what you're talking about is the actual data you're getting right? Which, which format yes. of the
0: message. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The, the message itself is an Avro format, right? And, and the library is taking care of that, you know, converting to and from it. It's more with the actual library pieces itself, right? Like the jar files and whatnot that you're working with. So I don't think it's actually with the messages. It's more just, it, it I can't remember exactly. I just remember it being a
1: massive pain point. And Jay-Z, do you, you remember some of this? Yeah, I just know that I spend a lot of time, like an inordinate amount of time, with like Serde type stuff, like serialization, deserialization, and types, and like like uh, casting or trying to figure out. Especially with you have like polymorphism or just kind of like um, bigger, bigger objects that have like more complicated, you know, kind of uh, implementations. Uh, it just gets really nasty, and uh, like somehow I spend a lot more time there than I want to for thinking. Like I should just put like you know object in. <laughs> serialized, object out, deserialized. I shouldn't have to think about it. I think I
0: understand what you're saying. So so if I were to dumb this down, I think what you're saying is that, like, you might be thinking you're using, like, I'm going to make up some namespaces here. You might think you're using, like, java.string, but in fact, you're using kafka.string, and kafka.string not equal to java.string. As an example. That's, and so, like, there might sure be one. like functions that are, or, or things that are available on one class that aren't the other, but they might have like similar looking names, right? Because I've the, the, seen that sort of thing happen and it's super annoying.
2: And it's usually with Kotlin's library versus the Java um, libraries. And that's, it, it's really unfortunate, but it can absolutely kill a ton of time when you're trying to figure out, hey, why is this string? And then going back to the Avro type stuff, I do remember. <laughs> do something weird with their longs um, to where it's not the same length as the long in Java. And so length or size or or like max value, the length of what they store. So um, I'll give you a perfect example coming from a database background. When we first started getting into Kafka streams and stuff, right? You'd say, Hey, well, I have an ID here and it's a number. I should make that a long for the key. And then my value will be whatever the object is. Don't do that. Make your key a string in Kafka and just be done with it. If you try and make it a long, you'll get all kinds of conversion errors trying to get from the the long that Kafka gave you back in the Avro format to to the long in Java. Like it'd be like, hey, one six one six bytes, and the other one's eight bytes, and they don't they don't match out, and it would just blow up. and And I got so much feedback because I started writing on. Um, Various different communities, like, yo, what am I supposed to do here? Like, I'm just putting a key in as a number. And they're like, change it to a string. Everybody, that was the message. Don't even try and mess with any other type of key in there. Make it a string and be done with it. So, It sounds like yeah. the
0: difference of, like, a mismatch, though. Like, like if, like let's not even talk Kafka. Let's talk, like, if it was SQL Server, for example. Right. Like, on your – it sounds like it's the example of, like, you have it as an int in the database, but – uh a long in the in your c-sharp or vice versa to where like you know one is could overflow the other because of the you know the max value
2: you would think but they example. would both be longs like you'd actually have the type as a long going into kafka and then you'd use it as a long coming into java and it'd blow up <laughs> it was like i give but that was I, the, I give that's the thing that's always
0: bothered me with databases those like Like, how come we we don't use like similar terminology? So, like, in the database, it'll be called a big int. Right. And, you know, in the, in the, like, the server side, you know, be it C sharp or whatever world, it'll be, you know, a long or int 64 or. You know whatever yeah.
2: so yeah there are there are website pages on like microsoft dedicated to that type of thing for sql server right like here's how you map to the various different languages from sql servers types to java c sharp whatever and it, it is super irritating so i guess i'll just uh close it
0: out then since you guys have like a th- you know things that aren't necessarily uh uh code related just you know like hobby i guess fun stuff then or whatever um you know I'll throw in music, just like having a better understanding of like uh, some theory type things related to music and whatnot, or like techniques uh, in terms of playing. You know, is something that has been of interest lately that I'd like to better understand. Very cool.
1: Yeah. Nice. So. All right. Well, yeah, I got a couple things here. So, first off, I just want to say there's a couple different categories. I'm going to focus on one, but uh, the way I usually think about goals is like financial health, personal development, which is like stuff like music, and then kind of career management and hygiene. Uh, Oh, I thought those were like
0: four things that you wanted to do. That's why I threw the music one in there.
1: Oh, well, no, no, so those are the broad categories, and I wasn't going to go into finances other than, uh-huh. hey, you know, scheduling scheduling a certain amount of like money transferred into a savings account or something. Good idea. Uh, health stuff is important. Personal development, yeah. Uh, but for the show, I was going to talk about the career, kind of dive into the career management angle. And actually, uh, I added mine as I was talking because you kind of convinced me to change it a little bit. <laughs> oh, I did. Uh, yep.
0: That was my first resolution was to convince J.C. to change something. And I didn't want to say it until I did it. So mission accomplished.
2: He's already accomplished 8% of his successes. That's good.
1: Yeah. And it started out, I actually had like a big list of like all the things I wanted to kind of do and work on and like the things I cared about. But uh, in Rally, I think like what you kind of said about like immersion, basically like kind of diving in and spending your time kind of focus on one area is really important. And so I think it's, uh, you know, important to not kind of. That cracks Split. me up every time, Alan. <laughs> Why? <laughs>
0: yeah. Hold on. Doc Brown's calling.
1: Old school. Sorry, we had a – in case it doesn't come through, we had a phone incident, phone uh-huh. ringing incident. So ridiculous. Marty, yeah. your kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, 1980 yeah. called. They yeah. want their phone back.
2: <laughs> Is
1: that uh, a Sports uh,
0: illustrated phone?
1: It might be. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Nice. Uh, oh, yeah. So I just pared my stuff down. I basically stripped a couple things I cared about less. And I still have too much on here. So I need to, uh, you know, kind of work on that. But here's what I'm thinking uh, Spring. My life would be much better if I just spent a lot more time with Spring and was really comfortable. And then whenever there was some kind of weird issue or I needed to upgrade Spring or something, like I was uh, really fluent in the language of Spring and the way it kind of works. And uh, Alan, when you're talking about like various different types between, like say, Java and Kotlin and uh, and I don't know Flink or something. Uh, throw in Spring there because there's a lot of different kind of copies and stuff. And it's so frustrating when you ever see an example like on a web page of like how to do something, and they don't include the imports, of course, right? Baldung. Yeah, Baldung does that sometimes. So you grab the code, you kind of paste it in, and then you need to import the libraries. And your lovely IDE will say, "Oh yeah, sure. Uh, you're looking for um, I don't know uh, time class. Sure. Uh, which of these 18 classes uh, would you like to import?" Like, well, oh is it the spring one is it the java yeah. one is it joda is it uh kotlin time is it you know whatever so I, I just made that up arbitrarily i don't think there's actually a time one like that but uh, you'll see like there's just multiple choices and you've got to kind of figure out which one you you need and then it turns out that this actually class defined later in the example anyway and well crap <laughs> so yeah uh, i just want to get good at spring like, i want to be able to really note well i think it's really powerful and i think it'd be really good uh for me because I, I like focusing on kind of the JVM and, and that sort of thing. And I think that, uh, anything I do with spring is also going to kind of supplement those other kind of skills that I want. And along with what Alice said, uh, streaming is up there. So you mentioned flink. Um, I just, there's some muscle that I need there that I don't have. It's kind of awkward to get, uh, locally. So it's a hard thing to play with, uh, kind of on, you know, your local computer because, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to generate that kind of data unless you're, uh you know have something to to do like it's uh you know if i was building a website or if i was trying to learn react or something i can make a portfolio or i can make a uh you know web page for my dog or whatever but if i'm trying to do a streaming project like i kind of need some data flowing and you know if you don't have that yet and you're kind of just playing pretend and it's it's hard to kind of keep focus on that so it's a hard thing to get into and then I just want to mention, uh, you know, game dev is definitely something I, I want to do more of. Uh, I really just enjoy it. And uh, that's totally opposite of spring and streaming. Maybe, maybe there's some way I can figure out how to kind of b- align those a little bit better. And then I've got Leak code just because I uh, I paid for Elite Code Pro last year and I forgot to cancel. So <laughs> again. They don't do, <laughs> they don't do for refunds or prorated. So uh, I guess I got it for another year. So I'm going to try and use it more this year because... Yeah, you know, keeping the skill the the saw sharp, I guess is big deal. But then, um, I, I did have a couple of questions. So based on you know how I was trying to think about like what I wanted and what I cared about and stuff, I kind of had this idea of like figuring out like career wise, what's uh, opposite me and what's adjacent. What I mean by that is like if I'm say a primarily these days like a kind of a back-end, uh engineer, then maybe I should consider learning front end technologies because it's kind of polar opposite. It's a different perspective. There's things I'm surely taking for granted, and there's things that uh, maybe trade-offs that I am kind of losing on with my language and technologies that I don't really realize that I'm losing out on if I don't know what's like on the you know the other side of the hill. Or maybe you're using every your uh, you don't realize that you're
0: using something as a hammer yet.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. So uh, you know, I, I think that's good. So the, I think there's a lot of value in learning things that you really don't know anything about. And also it's not just about spending time there. I think it's also important that you really try to appreciate the benefits. So like I gripe about Python all the time, right? But what I really should do is spend more time with Python and focus on what's good about it. What it can do that other things can't. And forget about the griping and just focus on what it's like really good at and what it shines on and learn to appreciate it and then I think you know I gain a better appreciation for it of course, but also I I Better understand the things that I'm losing by sticking with the te- technology choices that uh, I, you know, spend time with now. And then also, of course, uh, what's adjacent. So what are skills that are next door to me that would be easy for me to pick up and kind of cheaper to pick up because I already have a lot of um, kind of skills or knowledge that's going to transfer. And so it's going to make that stuff easy to pick up. So why wouldn't I? Because it's, it's kind of cheap time wise for me to learn those things that are next door and then, of course, you can kind of work your way around this hypothetical wheel. So I thought it'd be fun kind of question to ask, like, are there any skills uh, or technologies or anything that you think are uh, particularly interesting that are either opposite you or adjacent?
0: Well, so so just to like add a little bit of color to that, though, like to say opposite almost sounds like like if you think of the T-shaped kind of developer, right? Like opposite makes your T wider and adjacent makes your T deeper. Yep. Right? Yeah. Right. It's kind of the way I'm thinking of it. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair analogy. So so now your question was like what do I think is opposite or adjacent to to me, for example? Yeah. Yeah. I'm well, I think that's kind of where I'm coming at it from the streaming world. You know, because like my my twenty two has definitely been more focused in like a lot of DevOps stuff and a lot of uh I don't know, like data research and exploration kind of stuff. I, 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 I don't want to call it like a data science type thing or machine learning, but um, it's been more research kind of focused a lot of, a lot of part of my year. So, you know, if I were to go into, and it wasn't in, uh, you know, streaming sets of data sets. So I think that if I did go into streaming, then it would be, uh, very opposite what my 2022
1: was. So, uh, is there anything like you know, like you may not be choosing to go after, but is there anything like next door to you that you think would be nice for kind of filling out your skill set?
0: Um, the only one that was coming to mind that I I would like to get that's that's adjacent that I would like to get better at <clears throat> is uh, unit testing in Angular. Okay. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's, it would definitely make my stuff better. I'm definitely bad about it. Like unit testing on, I don't know why I just have this like mental block for me for some reason. And I don't know if you guys have like whatever your mental blocks are that like, for some reason you just can't get over it. But like unit testing on like a, the server side, for example, in Java or C sharp or whatever, makes total sense. I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to make sure that this function returns what I want it to do for some reason though, Dom elements, like trying to do that in angular. I'm like, nah, nah. <laughs> All right, what are you even talking? Like, okay, fine. That, I'm glad that you have that in your mind sorted out. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to stick to over here. So I, I would definitely like to get better at, at, uh, I think it. I think it revolves around like trying, needing to know like um, a a good pattern for those use cases, and that's what I haven't been able to like formulate in my head. So, for example, like if you were to say, uh, "Hey, I want to make sure that if if the value is positive, that the that this DOM element has a style of." a uh, green background, you know, and if it it so it has this style that means green background. And if it's uh, negative, then it has this uh, style that would equal a red background, right? Like things like that. But I'm like, why would I ever write a unit test for that? That seems so weird. Like, do you know how often styles change or like how often we're like, you know, deciding like, Oh, Nope, I don't want it to be red. I want it to be tangerine and I don't want it to be green. I want it to be lime you know or whatever you know and and class names change and
2: so i like, mean that's that's one way i mean you could you could totally look at the dom elements but there's also the methods in angular that are business like use cases right like um i'm trying to think of one like i did but recently. i'm not trying to
0: test my test my ajax calls though
2: right? no no but that's what i'm saying so like if you get a piece of data back from the server then um, It needs to toggle some value. So for instance, right, like Angular and React, they all um rely a lot on state, like modifying state values. And so there are totally methods that you can write in Angular that are, you know, should display this div, right? Something like that. It, it, and that's a terrible name. But you see what I'm saying? Like it yeah. takes in an input that you got from your Ajax and then and then spits out something that's to be used on the front end and you could test that method. Right? I guess
0: maybe maybe I'm just writing like maybe the the Angular that I'm writing is just too dumb. And that's why. Because like even in the Might example that you gave though, I'm like, well, wouldn't you just do like an NG if on that? Like why would I write a function for that when there's already like Angular uh you know functionality for it. And I, I realize it was a contrived example, so it's not right, fair that totally. i pick on that, but, but you understand what I'm saying though. So yeah. like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the functions that I do have in the, the, um, on the TypeScript side of it are, are just Simple. like wrappers to the Ajax
2: right. calls. Right. And, and so maybe you don't need unit tests for that, right? Like maybe you maybe covered don't. that maybe on don't. your Ajax side. Yeah.
0: But, I, but I would definitely, that is like the, the adjacent thing that comes to mind. So,
2: Yeah. Uh, What are you on? Uh, On the opposite, I think probably more front-end stuff, like what you were talking about. Um, I've I've been I have been buried in back-end stuff for like doing database or moving data around or whatever for like a couple years now. So I haven't really touched much of the UI, and I used to be heavily involved in in all of it. So yeah, I think maybe for me it'd be touching more of the UI, and then adjacent. Um, I too. I am very much a big fan of learning more about spring. So that's one thing that I, you know, I've actually taken online video courses and, and like from LinkedIn learning and that kind of stuff to even get me to the point to where I am now. Um, so I'll probably do more of that. And then the other thing more adjacent and we'll get into this when when we go through my list is like more big data stuff. Um, huge fan of it. Love all of it. Love the challenges with it. And that's where I want to go.
1: Nice. Uh, Cool. And just a follow up question. Uh, I had the idea um, of like looking at books, courses or certifications and the only one I had was uh, really I really want to finish um, designing data intensive applications. Um, I kind of, it's kind of slightly interested in uh, CCAD, the certified Kubernetes, uh, either administrator or developer but I don't know. I've been feeling uninspired there.
0: Yeah, I was curious like uh, when I saw this, I was like finish a book. Yes, that is a resolution. Finish a book.
2: So I, I would agree with the designing data intensive applications. It's one of the few books I've ever gotten into that I'm like I want all of this. Um, even not even from the podcast perspective, just from a personal perspective, I I love that book. And then I also have been thinking about CCAD. Like if I've been thinking about it for several years and I've just never gone after it. And at this point, it's funny when I first started looking at it, I didn't know. Squat about kubernetes now i feel like i know quite a bit about it it's like i guess i just need to take the time to polish up on some things i just i don't know maybe
0: my problem is with that though like i think by now the three of us like we 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 know enough of kubernetes definitely enough to be dangerous right Right. so let's we'll, we'll say that's fair what would I gain? What would I want to do with that certification? What would that certification get me that I don't already have? And that's that's the thing that I'm like, I don't know that I would want to go after that,
1: personally. So I'll tell you my answer for that, is that the reason why I would be interested in even though it's something that I, I feel pretty comfortable in, is I think that there are probably holes in my knowledge that uh, I don't realize because I do the same kind of thing. So like, there's areas where I'm, like, I'm really overdeveloped, like I'm really strong yeah. at doing this or that. But there's things that I don't like. Um, I was reading about Flannel, the Flannel plugin for networking or something the other day, and I realized I didn't know anything about that, and it was like Flannel versus something else I'd never heard of, and I kind of thought maybe these were just like kind of fringe, you know, plugins. Uh, but no, actually, it turns out like <laughs> pretty much anyone who sets up a cluster is picking one or the other, and uh, I forget which one of them is kind something of built cat, in. Cat,
2: right? Um, I, yeah, Flannel yeah, versus Gates. it's on the it's
1: on the. I mean, Calico. that's fair F- filling it? in calico calico yeah it's calico. a cni yeah. provider kind of in yeah. the same way that like you um have the um i forget what it's called now basically the core docker kind of or container engine ocr or whatever like it but it's a it's a side of it that i'm completely blind on yeah uh,
0: that's fair uh you know to fill in the blanks but i guess i guess another way to say what you said then is you're using the certification as a way to force you to fill in the blanks yeah and it's not the certification that you care about. It's the blanks that you care about. Cause that's yeah. the thing is like, I don't care about the certification. So that, that's what right. I was saying is like, what having that certification, like, unless you were on the, on the prowl for a new job, like who cares? Yeah. Right. Totally. And, and yeah. so that's why I don't care about it.
2: It's also one of those things though, having those certifications, which I haven't gone after any in years and years, but, um, in, in an environment in like in, in an economy right now, like where companies have laid off thousands of people, it's not terrible to have some of that stuff by your name, right? Like even if you're not hunting for a job uh, at like the moment, just so you're kept. <laughs> yeah. Just either. So you're kept or so if you do happen to get let go and, and you, you need to go get something else, you have that there. Right. So really pessimistic a, view you got there
0: Alan. like that's That might be the most pessimistic thing I've ever heard Alan say. Yeah, Usually, I, Mr. I mean, optimism I, over here is like. By and large, I am.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm not a pessimist when it comes to things, but um, yeah. I as as somebody who was a consultant for years and years and years, you hear that? like I was. I
0: you broke, Alan.
2: <laughs> I was always the. Uh, I've always been like cash on hand was king because when when you're a consultant, like you get paid hourly, right? So you take a week off, you're paying for that week, right? So if you go on vacation, it's like a double hit. So. I guess like I've always thought I've always had those thoughts in the back of my head. Like, you know, um, be prepared, have, have, have some reserves available. And I see a certification sort of as reserves, right? Like if you're not actively hunting for a job, it's not bad to have in your stash. So, you know, whatever, I, I'm not saying I don't it was know.
0: bad, but yeah. you know, why? So, so yeah. it was like, why? So you're yeah. saying that the, why would be like, uh, job security, is coming you're be coming both. at it from the, that approach
2: no nah, mine would be a, a balance of both it, it would be exactly what jay-z said like hey what don't i know <laughs> like what what parts of am i missing and the other one is hey it's nice to have that little badge on there right like um I just started playing call of duty again and it's nice I, I don't know it's it's exciting getting those new badges you're like oh yeah yeah baby so does call of
0: duty <laughs> offer a ccad badge now i didn't realize. i'm they did. hoping so That'd be, i'm hoping so huh. I, i'm going to get it, it that's, that's like one of the missions you gotta like you know run hide duck uh, yeah. install a kubernetes cluster deploy yes deploy <laughs> yeah dang man. it we're
2: out of nodes uh. <laughs> <laughs> so what, Come, what about coming this fall call of duty? Hey, for, hey, so were there any other books from either of you guys? Did, was there anything oh. else that jumped up at you or no?
0: Nope. I mean th- that, that book designing data intensive applications is
2: definitely the one that was coming to mind. Isn't that crazy? The three, I mean, we like for, so all of you that have been with us for a while, like <laughs> for like 10 years now, or, or maybe half that time or whatever, like you might think the three of us work on projects together all the time because we work at the same place. We don't like we are all working on different things. Like, like outlaw said, he was doing a lot of DevOps stuff. Um, Jay-Z and I have, have worked on a project together for a little while now, but we're typically off doing other things too. So it's not like we're all immersed in the same exact things every day, but the three of us have gravitated towards this book. And that's, you know, I, I think that says something about the content of that book, as much as it maybe does about us, but, I mean, it's just so good. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, not not to keep uh tooting this book's horn, but, uh I mean, we, we've talked about it before, just the practical approach that the author takes to it in trying to, like, you know, starting with, like, hey, let's just talk about, like, what if we were to create this thing from scratch? Like how might we do it? What kind of data structures do we need to think of? Like, uh, and, and walking through the pros and cons and starting from like the bottom. And, you know, it's like a Drake song started from the bottom. Now I'm here. And, you know, uh, I, I just super really appreciated it. So like it, it helped solidify even after like years of, uh, experience, it helps solidify things that I hadn't like really taken the time to think about or like really appreciate. But in regards to databases, for example, and the data structures underneath them, like it, it, it really put it together m- more than, you know, even past conversations of data structures, for example, you know? Totally. So, so it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like you learn a and you learn B and you learn, but you learn them independently, and you're like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. And you don't realize that this thing, this cool thing C over here is like a combination of those two things. But you just take C for granted, you know. And then like you take, then this book is like forcing you to realize, like, like okay, let's let's evaluate. We want to get to C, but let's start with A and B, and then figure out, like, oh hey, here's how we make this thing. And it's just such an awesome appreciation from it. So yeah, and and it totally applies to the interest that I think the three of us have now, like, especially like in streaming technologies though, you know? So, yeah.
2: Hey, Hey, and we should just put ourselves on the spot here. If anybody wants to get 2023 off to a good start, leave a comment on this episode at codingblocks.net slash episode two Oh one and get yourself a chance to win this book. Oh yeah. Because we love this book and we we should share this book.
1: Also, uh, if you've been playing along with coding blocks drinking game for every time we mention uh, designing the designing data intensive applications, uh, we're sorry.
2: <laughs> you were you are
1: properly wasted at this point uh
0: well well you know. how about this how about this if you're like well i don't even know what i would say for a chance to win that book how about uh what do you think should be the next book what do you think is a, a book they're like hey why aren't they talking about this book instead like this book oh, is uh, equally or better and we take that challenge because yeah. uh that that's a that's some tough shoes to fill
2: Hey, I like that. Hey, and also being this is the uh, New Year's resolution one, why don't you drop some there so you can go back at the end of 2023 oh, yeah. and figure out if you actually accomplished what you wanted yeah. to. You can, yeah. you can
0: go ahead and, like, disappoint future self by writing right. things you know you're not totally. going to get to.
2: Put it out on the <laughs> interweb and leave it there forever. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Uh,
0: okay.
2: Who's got the next one here? What are we doing?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, I wasn't sure if one of you were going to say this part, but I can, if you want, you
2: can. Okay.
0: Cause it's probably better if I did it and not Joe. Right. Can we agree? <laughs> Definitely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. As long as we agree. So, uh, if you would like some stickers, for example, uh, we have, you can go to coding box.net slash swag and, you know, send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. There's uh, the address and all that is on codingblocksnet slash swag. And we'll send you some coding box stickers. Uh, we have a variety of them, and also uh, you know I mentioned the reviews. It's it's potato. Um, <laughs> we, we mentioned the reviews at the start of the episode, and uh, we, we always we we super love them. Um, they they always do really mean a lot to us. Hey, I don't know if you guys have read those. Um, I think it was Bill's who like his he literally had like a career. Uh, kind of change kind of, th- uh, if I recall, he was like in, um, was it aerospace or something like that and had no programming knowledge and ended up becoming like the lead developer for his team. And I think if I understood it now, or he's at, like a new job. So it's super, super inspiring, I guess is the point that I'm getting at. Like we super appreciate it. Um, you know, we read these things that you, that you all write into us and you know, it's, it's inspiring to us that we inspired you. And so we, we do greatly appreciate. Uh, so if you haven't already left us a review, you can find some helpful links at codingblocks.net slash review. And with that, we'll head into my favorite portion of the show.
2: Survey says, Hey, real quick before you go too far Uh, into it. Oh, it's not, survey says. you mentioned, you mentioned the NACE email that that he sent and, and I didn't even see it until you had said that. And I read it and it's amazing. It's another one of those just feel good things, right? Like, He's been traveling all over the place. And, and I think it's totally fine to mention this cause he's on YouTube. Um, so this guy has been traveling across all 50 States in the United States. And he said that he was listening to a bunch of podcasts and he came upon us and then just started listening to ours exclusively, which is amazing and, and just crazy to even hear anybody say that, but his review was amazing. But, but if you want to go see something kind of fun, um, We'll leave a link in the show notes here to his YouTube channel where he's been, you know, videoing things as he's been traveling across all the states and learning while he's been going. So, um, you know, thank you for the email and for sharing that. And maybe this will be something fun to get some people to go take a look at what you've been doing. So. All right. Now back. Survey says. Survey says. How would you do that back? Says so uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you nailed it uh so yeah so we're back to services uh this is 201 alan you will go first according to to trademark rules of engagement um and let's start with you know what uh new year's eve you know is a big party time so let's start with this one Name an American city where they know how to party hard. New York City. Mm,
2: okay. New York City. Okay. I have one. Of, oh, man.
1: Yeah. You. Jeez. This is tough. Um, I guess. Uh, Los Angeles. But I feel like there's better answers like Panama City or something. But, I was uh, going to say Miami, but yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm sticking with uh, O.A. Oh, yeah,
2: since I had it. All okay. right. So... Allen says New York. Jay Z
0: says Los Angeles. New York is the number two answer oh, and 21 points. All right, man. And LA's number one. <laughs> LA is the number four answer okay. with 10 points. Right. So at least you got some points on the board. Yeah, I'll take it. <clears throat> uh, number one answer New Orleans. Oh, geez, 31 of course, points of
1: course wow yeah it is.
0: yep las vegas number three at oh my 19 gosh. points ah why didn't i say either of those <laughs> be thankful you didn't say miami at number four with four points and wow. rounding it out is chicago with four mm, okay. okay all right so joe you're gonna you're gonna start us off here in horror movies, name a place teenagers go where there's always
1: a killer on the loose. Uh, uh, I mean, party is the open answer to give. I'm not giving that uh, where the killer is on the loose, a place where teenagers go. Uh, the woods, uh, so cabin is my answer. Okay. Dang it, that was kind of mine. Um,
2: I was going to say like a campsite. uh Let's let's say the lake. Mm.
1: Dang.
0: Lake. Okay. Okay. So uh cabin or woods, Jay-Z said as his answer, Alan, you said lake. Number one answer on the board is cabin slash camp slash woods
2: dang yeah. it uh, so my campsite dude, oh, 49 oh. points oh, wow. they shouldn't
1: have lumped those together though I 49 mean, those are different things but yeah i'm the winner lake <laughs> <laughs>
0: lake is not on the board of course it's not yeah so uh number it's two rough. answer and there was a recent uh what was it like a Geico commercial or whatever that like was recently parodying this? Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Yes, I do. They
0: hide in the shed with all the like chainsaws and knives And, uh, yeah. So, uh, number two answer for 12 points, graveyard, number six, movie theater or drive in number. Uh, I'm sorry. That was the number three answer with six points. The fourth answer also was six points basement slash cellar. Fifth answer was, Closet for five points. Sixth was bathroom or shower uh, for four points. Then bedroom or bed for four points. Followed up with a party
2: for four points. So let's be real here. The number one answer was 49 points. And every answer after that didn't even matter. So yeah, <laughs> so, it would have
0: been so, points on the board though. There have been points. Now you have a serious deficit here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That was rough. All right. I feel like late counts towards camp.
2: Yeah, well...
0: Well, you can't say the same answer, then. can't say the what same answer?
2: answer. I would have gotten the... Eh. Yep. yep.
0: Okay, so uh, this is your chance to redeem yourself, Alan. Hmm. Name an occupation that begins with the letter J.
2: Job. <laughs> um, wow. Begins with the letter J? I can't think of a single word that begins with the letter J right now. Um, uh,
0: wow, do we have to put a timer on this? This would be a first. Uh, hmm, let me get the Jeopardy theme music queued up. Man. Uh,
2: job. It can't be job. it has got to be a, um, man, I don't know, Java engineer, Java software engineer. I got nothing,
1: man. Okay. Joe? Uh there's only one I can think of and it's janitor. Okay, janitor. Oh man. All right, so
0: um Alan says Java engineer and Joe says janitor. Java engineer not, not on, the, on the list. Dang it. Janitor this
2: says is Joe fifty
0: is the number one answer on wow.
1: the board. 100 At Oh my 62 goodness, points. points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were the bang.
0: So he uh, y- you beat Alan by an even 100 points there. <laughs> I think it's safe to say you won. I think All right. So. Uh, yeah. Second. Second top answer was judge or justice. Oh, with 19 points. Wow. Jeweler was number three for five points. Jockey number four with four points. Journalist tied for four points and juggler was three points and i don't Man, even understand that if one. i juggler. got the
2: number one answer i would have been back in the lead that's crazy i that's why i, I gave you a chance to redeem yourself wow I, I could not i had a total blank i was like i, I don't i can't think of anything
0: i i had some other i had some other ones at the ready but i'm like let's make it interesting because you that's know
1: fun yeah. yeah 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 Jeez, you, well you done, want to Jay. do
0: another one just for fun
1: Sure. sure sure can yeah, I can we get can. number one
0: again.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> With 100 points. <laughs> all right. So let me, let me,
0: let me, you guys decide which theme you want it to go down path of. Do you want it to go down in the
2: theme
1: of cars or Marvel?
2: Cars. Yeah. I had oh, a chance man. at that one. <laughs> right, I'll
1: let, definitely, I know more about Marvel than cars. But uh, yeah, Alan said it first, and uh, he needs all the help. I do. Help. I need a lot of help. Okay, what's something you keep in your car just in case?
2: Mm, Well, it's not that kind of car question, is it? Um, uh, Tire iron.
1: Tire iron, okay. Or jack or whatever. Either one. I'm not going to win. I'm so far ahead that I'm going to say my real answer, which is hot sauce. Hot sauce. sauce? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if it makes you both feel any better.
0: <laughs> both of us? Both of you. Tire All iron. Right. You would think it would be on there. It is not. Uh ah. the closest to tire iron would be spare tire, which was the fourth answer with fifteen points. Um, and then of course, like, I don't know, surprisingly the hot sauce charger. wasn't on there. A phone I'm charger. It. It's got to be number one. Money and coins were number one. 19 really? points.
2: Really? So I almost said that, but I was like, why do you even need it anymore? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I was thinking for tolls, maybe. Yeah, man. Yeah. Old school. Go through yeah. those Florida tolls where they have, like, you got to throw your money in the thing, or like New York tolls where you got to throw your money in the thing. I guess. N- but like now it's though. like, you know, a lot of readers. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So it goes money, coins, number one, 19 points, food, water, 18, first aid, it was number three answer with eighteen spare tire four fifteen map uh, next with seven points, jumper <laughs> cables, seven uh spare clothes or shoes, five points, gas
2: can two points, and flare two points. How about how about map? There. We interviewed a hundred people over the age of sixty. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For real. I, I, yeah,
0: so. I, I know that you two would have answered that the the Marvel one though. Like there would be no question you would have gotten it. Yeah. Name a Marvel Avenger.
1: Iron Man. Iron Man. Number one. Jay-Z? Yeah, I mean, Iron Man or Captain America.
0: Captain America, number one answer, 22 points.
2: Come on.
0: Iron Man tied for number one, 22 points. Okay.
2: (laughs) I was like, man, that's not right.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and
2: that's your, your family feud fun. Got my hiney kicked. Yeah, yeah, you That's
1: did. Don't nice. you'll win every other one. This is the first. <laughs> No, I think you've got three in a row now. It's not good. All right.
0: right. Woo. Yeah. And if you connect four, oh, wait, different game. Right. All right, okay. so what, what are yours, Alan? What are your your resolutions for the
2: year? Okay, so yeah, I you know, Jay-Z was way more organized with his categories. I'm just going to throw out what I was thinking about <laughs> whenever this came up. And one is like, Health and fun. Like, I I don't know what it is. I think ever since the pandemic, like I was locked up in my house working nonstop and that sort of just continued this past year. And I don't know, man, I need to get out and play more basketball and get outside and do stuff and just have some more fun instead of just working all the time. So. That's a big one for me, and and how I accomplish that, I have no idea. But I'm I'm about to I, I've got to I've got to add that in in Call of Duty is an example. Like I used to love playing Call of Duty, right? Even though every kid that can play it twelve hours a day is going to be better than me, I still enjoyed it, and and I got it for Christmas, and I've been playing it, right? Like I, I've been enjoying it, and it's been a lot of fun. So, but I don't yeah. think that Call of Duty checks the box on health though right Does it maybe Call, not on Call the of health, duty the modern fun. health care. yeah yeah maybe not the health <laughs> but the fun hey i could do like one of our buddies um one of one of our friends actually years ago i forget it might have been elder elder scrolls or what one, one of those games right like he put a, an exercise bike in the room where he played video. oh it was <laughs> halo it was it Halo? Yeah, and so he sat in there on the bike, and he was pedaling the whole time he was playing. And, you know, on maybe ultimate. that's a way. There you go.
0: Yeah, like like uh, no, not ultimate. What's the hardest one called? Like uh, something with an L. Uh, uh, legendary. uh
2: legendary. I don't know. Yes, legendary. legendary. Yeah, legendary.
0: He, he he played it on on legendary.
2: Yeah, and so beat it several times. So so that might be a way to get the health. But yeah, got to do that. Um. So the other one, this came from my wife. As a matter of fact, I got a text messenger from her the other day. She was on our About Us page. Why? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But She's like, you have to update that thing. Like, we wrote that, each one of us wrote that 10 years ago now. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you have more than two kids now. You do, you, like, there's all kinds of other things. I was like, yeah. So I, I'm going to update my About Us portion for me. And I'll probably leave the old one there and put like circa, you know, yeah, 2013 funny. or something, and then uh, and then add some new bits.
0: I like how she calls out that you uh, you left out some of your kids, like right, yeah. Hey, <laughs> you, do you love all of the family equally?
2: Well, you know, I didn't know about that family back then, so yeah. yeah. Um, so yes, I'll be I'll be updating that. At some if point, you want but,
0: daddy's love
2: and you want to be on his <laughs> about us page, you better behave. That's right. That's right. And hey, you know, the funny part is when I put this on the list, I was like, Hey, this is something I can actually do. Yeah. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Okay. So, um, same vein as both of these other guys here streaming, like, um, me specifically, uh, flink is what I want to get more into. Uh, we've looked at, so between Jay Z and myself, we've done Kafka streams, We've done Apache beam. We've done spark streaming a little bit and in flink seems to be the most mature of all of them. And yeah, this I, I plan on spending quite a bit more time in that world. Uh, I like it. I think it's really cool. And then big data uh, for me, outlaw and I had actually started doing this a couple of years ago where we are looking heavily into like data lakes and, and how to mine data out of them and how to get useful information into them and, and the proper ways to do it. And, and we'd even mentioned at the time, the the Uber engineering blog, which is absolutely fantastic because they have massive scale things they deal with. Right. I forget at the time, how many petabytes of data they had, yeah. but it it was insane. Um It's just cool. Like say. how they, they're so open
0: to different, you know, not everything has to use this data lake, right? They're so willing to like spin off pieces of data for it. To, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to
2: tangent. No, that. you're totally fine. It, I mean, it was it was a fun exploration, and and a lot of the things that we're looking at right now revolve around big data and and how you get useful information quickly, and then. I mean, that's always the challenge with big data, right? Is how you get quick information versus information that can take a couple minutes and you're okay with, right? Something serving the UI for a user versus something you want for a report. So I want to go further into that. And then this one I've been thinking about, it's been bouncing around in my head again for a while now is I need to get back, excuse me, to making more content again, right? Like some YouTube videos, um, maybe even setting up something and doing presenting again, going to conferences and doing that kind of stuff, even at a code camp. Cause even when we were talking about doing the code camp this past year, which we ended up missing um, you know, I had no plans to to put together something. Cause I mean, we've talked about it before, you know, you got 40, 50 hours and just creating something for an hour long talk. So um, I don't know. I, I think I'm getting a little bit of the itch again. And, and I think if I'm going to go into the streaming stuff pretty hardcore, it'd be a great way to help learn and teach at the same time because that's one thing I've found with streaming technologies is it doesn't seem there's a lot of coherent information out there, which is it's a it's a bunch of piecemeal information and that makes it really hard to to get what you want out of something. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking about.
1: You know, I'm I'm know Cook in. Camp's coming up. What time when, when is it? It's in Let's March, see. right? know Cook Camp usually or a couple of years off. Um, let me see here. I know what time it will start. The day March twenty fifth.
2: March twenty fifth. Hey, look what I'm wearing. I, it was actually inspired this morning. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm wearing my old Orlando Code Camp T-shirt where we had gone down there. So yeah, I, I'm thinking about it. Like if if I can force myself to set aside some time and create some of this, then I think uh, yeah, I want to dip my toe back in again because I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it a lot, but it was a lot of work.
0: So uh, I don't know. I think I mentioned this in like one of our Slack um, conversations and I will send you guys a link real quick. We'll put this in the show notes, but um, the group that puts on the, the code camp here in Atlanta that you were referring to that we missed this mm-hmm. year, Atlanta, the yep. Atlanta developers conference, they've started another one, the Atlanta cloud conference. And I believe oh, it's in uh, 20 or 2023. I believe it's in March. Uh, yeah, March twenty fifth is when that's coming up. So the same group, same place, um, but yeah. Okay, cool. And same low low cost as uh, you know the normal Atlanta uh, Dev Conference. So yeah, this is. I'm kind of curious to see how this one's going to go since it's like the the normal Atlanta Code Camp isn't like topics can vary, like they could be all over the map because it's 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 not necessarily. Uh, siloed into just one specific thing. So I'm I'm curious to see how this one will go since it is going to be siloed to cloud. Very cool. But yeah, 10 to $20 for it. So, um, yeah, so I had this, I had this, uh, this question though, that kind of came up as we were talking, like, Okay, so we've we've talked about all these things that we want to do. What are things that you absolutely don't want to do in 23? Like what are the things that you may have done in 2022 or even
2: before that you're like, "Nope, no more of that. I'm done. I don't want to do any of that." Wait, wait. Hold on. I feel like you should answer this first. Are you giving up on Git? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Never.
0: Um no. I was I was thinking like, "Okay, I I I'm okay if I don't touch Jenkins for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if I don't have to touch Jenkins for a while, I'm okay. I'll, I'll be okay with. I'll be, I'm good with that.
1: Uh, I don't. I don't really know anything I want to avoid. Oh, sure. Make me out to be the bad guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I didn't do, do much this year. Actually, I, I <laughs> well, can think, think very of one,
2: I can think of one that Jay Z might actually grab onto is is upgrading piecemeal parts of spring framework. <laughs>
0: oh yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of goes with what yeah. his, uh, his, his resolution was at too, right? <laughs>
2: right. Cause spring was S- yes and no. We had a, we had a weird odd situation to where you couldn't just upgrade a full version of spring. Um, there were dependencies that broke backwards compatibility that we couldn't do. And so, we had to upgrade certain upgrade certain portions to fix um, security breach type things, um, but we couldn't wholesale upgrade the entire framework because of other dependencies we had that were going to break it. And so it was it was like going through with a scalpel <laughs> and trying to figure stuff out, which I think he came up with an elegant solution to it. But man, it is not fun trying to figure that stuff out.
1: Yeah, hey, you were right. There is something I want I want to avoid all upgrades. i mean i know they need to happen but they don't have to be me you know what i'm saying
0: but but i guess the larger thing though to your point alan it doesn't even have to be spring i mean like really what you were describing you could just sum up summarize as like managing dependencies is a pain regardless of language or technology or anything like that like they're just they're such a hassle
2: every Every single language I've ever programmed in, as soon as you start running into conflicts and that kind of stuff, it is gnarly, right? I did it with Ruby, I did it with C sharp, I've done it with JavaScript, I've done it with with oh, Java now. Like what what's amazing to me, and we've talked about this before. There's really just no great um, way currently to manage the, the matrix of things that work together. Like spring tries to do a pretty good job of throwing everything up on the page and showing you exactly what they are. But then when you start looking at their transitive dependencies and how they intersect with everything else, man, it is just, it's a nightmare. So yeah, I mean, to your point outlaw, every language dependency management is hard. It is, it is not fun. I
0: I ran into this weird issue before the holidays where, um, this was a, this was in a .NET project where you know we do all of our building in Docker specifically. Like I actually love using Docker for the build chain because you know then it's like it, it it's documented. Like here's the versions, here's the tool set. Like you know you it's a known entity and and you go to do it on your own. You're not uh you know you don't have to worry about like hey do I have the right things installed? And I I ran into this issue where like. It built fine on the server side, but yet on my side, it wouldn't build. And it turned out to be this weird uh, versioning thing inside of the the project that if I removed it, then it worked fine in both places. But it was like only on my machine. So yeah, like dependencies suck. We could just say like managing dependencies in, in general. And it was a weird one where it was like, you know, you're talking about transitive dependencies. This was super like that because it was related to like an abstractions library that comes along for the ride because you call a logging library. That was also just trying to like abstract logging away from me. So uh, yeah,
2: it was, I feel your pain, I guess. Yeah. I would like to avoid all of that. Um, I don't think I'll get to, but I would love to. Yeah. All right. So Jay Z,
1: Hey, hey,
0: you had, uh,
1: yep. One more. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun, fun to ask if you had any predictions about, you know, the year, anything major tech trends or, you know, I don't know the things changing in the next year that you're predicting. Hmm.
0: Um, are, are these, should these be like positive uplifting predictions or, <laughs> either way. uh, no, I don't, I don't know. Like the only things that come to mind are like super kind of negative things and I'm like, I don't know. Like now I sound like a really bad guy. If I say those things, <laughs> yeah. uh, Oh, well, I mean, yeah. So
2: I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't have anything. Huh? You know, I am this. I don't know that there's a prediction for 2023, but I am curious how far is too far with the amount of data that we keep and, and, in the world, right? Like in our industry, like how many hard drives are are in data centers that are that are storing data that nobody ever looks at or uses or cares about anymore? Right? Like, I mean, logging, cloud logging, it, it, everything. Like, there's just so much data. At what point? Do we say, "Hey, we have too much," or, or we need to find a better storage mechanism, or, or what? I, I don't know, but it just it, it seems like obscene the amount of data that we keep. And then I, you know, um, I think Jay Z dropped the the privacy thing in there. Like that's actually one of the even harder things when you start considering things like GDPR, the the things over in Europe. Like what in the world? Like how i don't know, how do you even keep track of all of it nowadays it's it's insane so i don't know i, I think something's got to happen with with data retention and the amount of stuff that that companies in general keep around now
1: yeah so uh, i wrote that down also um you know, I was trying to think if there's like any new language or framework or like anything that's particularly like kind of missing. And you know, I know Rust is uh, you know kind of popular right now, so maybe I can see like some new Rust uh, web framework kind of coming up that changes things. You know, maybe I would shake things up. But aside from that, I don't really, I don't really foresee anything. But uh, generated content now—that's one I do think is really interesting. You know, like earlier this year, we saw the GitHub one. I forget what it's called now. Uh, now chat GPT people are using to generate like good chunks of code. So if you had like a computer programming assignment in school, you know, it was like, hey, write a program to figure out if uh, three lines create a triangle or something like that. I mean, th- you could probably ask that to chat GPT, <laughs> probably generate a program for you. Whatever language you want, That's going to work. That's there, pretty was, interesting, there was, crazy.
0: speaking of chat, the the GitHub one that you were thinking of is Copilot. Uh, yeah, wherever, okay the ai pair programming um and the chat gpt thing that you were thinking of there was an article i only saw the headline but the the person wrote like i used chat gpt to write my entire uh you know thesis or or whatever it was for their their final class and they passed <laughs> yeah Golly.
1: i was like that's pretty awesome also scary right yep. i have heard about people using it to write their reviews so they can kind of just say like Hey, uh, I'm reviewing, uh, you know, let's say you're, you're reviewing Brad Pitt, right? And you're like, uh, hey, chat GPT, <laughs> write a personal review for uh, Brad Pitt. Uh, talk about how great they are at their work and now they have a good heart. But uh, I don't know. There's sometimes some of their work is sloppy. Right. And then, boom, there you go. Five paragraphs. There you go. Your 360 review is done. Really? Yeah. That's Unreal.
2: I, I haven't done it only because when I went up to the site, it's like, oh, you have to create a login. I'm like, man, I don't want to create another yeah. login. And then LastPass just got breached. So it's, they're going to have it anyways. So. Yeah. It's like, you know. Well, that was like some of the negative things that I was thinking of. Like, you know,
0: in terms of predictions was like, oh, uh, you know, like LastPass was one of the things that came yeah. to mind. Yeah.
2: yeah. Like he, Jay Z wrote data privacy. Do we need it? Dude, I've been <laughs> saying this for years now. Like in all honesty, I don't know that there's any way to secure anything like really, really secure anything. So like at what point do you stop caring about the emails that you get that, Hey, you were your information was in another breach. Like I got so many letters mailed to me over the past couple of years where it's like, Oh yeah, your health insurance provider was hacked and breached. Oh yeah, this was breached. It's like at some point you just become numb to it and you're like, well, Somebody'll have my social security number at some point and then you know they're going to have a lot of stuff. Like I I don't know. Like do you worry about it anymore? Can you?
0: I I don't know that you worry as much as you just like keep doing what you can, you know, like best practices to protect yourself and yeah. you know, do what you can and not yeah. worry about the things that are out of your control. But in terms of predictions, like one that that did come to mind though. I don't know if you guys have been following this, but uh as far as predictions, I would say that like maybe the U S might be going in the route of a, um, uh, Oh gosh, what's the acronym? Uh, G, uh, GD, GDPR, um, Oh, type of information. Route. Yeah. It, it seems like, it seems like, you know, we might be moving in a similar kind of route now, at least, you know, the current leg- proposed legislation seems more, um, focused on, you know, certain types of entities, but, who knows? Maybe like, you know, cause I know that I don't know about you. I super love all the pop-ups about cookie management. You oh know, I'm gosh. so thankful for it. Right. Um, I think it, love I think em. it's really helpful and doing a lot of good. So Thank you. Uh, Europe for
2: that. I, I then, love how, how, um, terribly for they are about trying to trick you about them too. Oh yeah. Right? They're awful. Like, Oh, except all or no, um, choose only these, but wait, you didn't actually open it up and deselect them all like, it's yeah. completely against the vein of what GDPR was supposed to be.
0: And the tricks that they do were sometimes like, you got to read it carefully. Cause sometimes right. like turning that toggle on or off, isn't what you think. Like it's the inverse. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, Oh, this is so dirty. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I hate it. So
0: Yeah. Maybe we can look forward to more of that. So, what else,
1: Jay Z? What, what you got prediction wise? It looks like you have one more down there. Oh, I just mentioned. Uh, I wanted to have it for the notes uh, talking about kind of AI ethics and the uh, the ethics of using, for example, ChatGPT to to generate your uh, your um, reviews. or also just just kind of the notion of being like. I I had a sentence and I expanded it (laughs) algorithmically into five paragraphs and like that kind of sucks because this real sentiment, you know, the heart of what you're trying to say was really just a sentence. And so there's something sad about like in overly inflating it just to kind of make it look more substantial than what you're really saying. Yeah.
0: I found the article. I'll include it in the links. It was a wall street journal article. The title is chat. GPT wrote my AP English essay
2: and I passed. That's so crazy, man. Yep. So Jeez.
0: yeah. Now imagine, like, as a as a profes- professor, you know, when you already had like plagiarism was already a concern, right? Then the internet became became more rampant, and it was like, you know, I guess more challenging to try to find those plagiarism things. Now you could have it written by an AI, and now you got to like figure out, like, okay. I gotta. actually have to read and pay attention to the tone of the paper to see if it was even. If I even think that it was written by a human, let alone did they copy a human? And also, if 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 it doesn't seem like it was written by a human, is it just because the student is just that bad, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or was it really not written by a human? Uh, and, and like I'm trying to say that politely, but you you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. There's yeah. sometimes you read things and you're like. Come on.
2: What? Yeah. Really?
0: What are you trying to say?
2: Yeah, man. All
0: right. Well, with that, let's head into Alan's favorite portion of the show. It's the tip of the week.
1: Oh, and hey, I'm first. Uh, so uh, Bobby, Bobby's amazing. Talk about Bobby a few times. Uh, Bobby showed me that you can pipe output to code, Visual Studio Code. Uh, which is really nice if you're doing a build or something. You know, I used to basically if, if I wanted to see the output of something that was like too long, I would run a command and like pipe it to a file or um you know the arrow trick to to uh output it to a file and then I'd open the file up in you know VS Code, right? Well, why do that when you can just pipe it directly to VS Code? So know. you run your command, you pipe code, and then in newer versions of code you actually have to have a little uh dash afterwards, it's kinda of weird. But if you look at the show notes, it's there it's basically just code dash. And it'll open up in a buffer, and it'll tell you what the buffer name is. And sure enough, it'll just pop it up in, in your uh, active code window, and you know there you go. And it'll stream in uh, just like you're tailing the file. And uh, what's nice about it is you can also do pipe transformations. So, for example, instead of just piping it directly to code, you could pipe it to, I don't know, JQ first to format JSON and then pipe it to code. Save you a little step there, That's, which is crazy. really cool. And it's so nice. It just opens up in the tab. There you go. I guess, sworn
0: we had already talked about this, but I just searched, and no, we hadn't. So, yes. yeah, cool. Thanks.
1: That's a nice one. Yeah.
2: Put that one,
0: yep, chalk that one Bobby. up to the, uh, to the, for the books. Okay. Well, uh, I will go then since we're only doing like one. Is that our New Year's resolution from now on? Like one tip of the week, Alan. I can It's have amazing one. when I have any. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I've been meaning to share this one for a while and, uh, I can't, I kept forgetting, but, um, so who here, we all have MacBooks that have uh, the Taptic feedback mouse pads now, right? Where you're not yep. technically pressing down on anything, right? Like, like it feels like you are super pressing down on something, but really that's just the feedback from the thing, right? So we all have those. So um, my son has, his heir has that, and um, he came to me one day and he's like, hey, my mouse isn't working anymore. Like, you can't, you can't do anything with it. Right. And I'm like, well, that's super weird. Like you are really not even like, it's not moving. Like, why can't you do anything? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. And it turned out, and this is the dumbest thing ever, but, um, <laughs> I was, I was kind of like, I was a little angry with him when he told me what had happened. And I'm like, well, of course, why would you even do that? Uh-huh. So, so if you, you can get gunk, gunk, built up in like that, that little, little crevice, around. crevice around the, around the track pad gunking and built built up there. So if you just take, just simply take a piece of paper, don't force anything, just the amount of paper that you can squeeze into that, to that crevice is whatever you get. Don't force anything and just run it around some of the edges to clear, to, to remove the gunk. And all of a sudden, boom your trackpad works again and you're not and i don't mean you that you're trying to like push the paper underneath like underneath it either like and so i can't i can't stress enough like you know my my dad beat into my head like the first rule of engineering is you never force right right so so uh i mean that that makes my dad sound bad that he beat it but that he beat me but (laughs) um i probably deserved it uh at
2: any rate but yeah so uh Stop eating Cheetos while you're typing, right? Like, that's, that's the. He <laughs>
0: spilled barbecue sauce.
2: Oh. I was like, what? Uh.
0: Why are you. First of all, <laughs> why do you need your computer while you're eating? Second of all, barbecue sauce. Like, what are you doing? Uh. So, yeah. <laughs> uh. But. it It turned out to be that simple a fix. Like I thought like, Oh, we're, we're going to have to ship this thing off. Like it's done and you broke something. And, Uh and it was just as simple as that. So yeah. And then, okay. So I threw this one out there since we were talking about like uh password management and all that. I'm not, I, I, I am not yet sure how this feature works. I read all sorts of documentation uh, or like different articles talking about it. And it's still, unclear to me what this feature is. But I noticed in iOS there is a feature to use uh an MFA app, like a multi factor authentication app for verification codes. So like if you have say like a Google authenticator or the Microsoft authenticator or an Octa verifier, whatever, whatever your uh you know, I think even LastPass uh has has a uh a, a code generator app. Whatever your app is a choice, like whatever you have installed, will show up in this list, and you can select that as the app to use for verification codes. So you would go to settings, then passwords, then password options, and you'll see the list there. Now, what's cool. it sounds super awesome, and it sounds like what should what already minor from my understanding works in uh, Android where like anytime you're prompted for an app, it'll just be like, Oh, do you want to use this from this app? And you're like, yeah, just use that. And I only had to like, I no need to switch to the other app. No need to copy anything. Just it does. It's it. nice. Very nice. I have not yet seen this work in action. And oh, okay. from everything that from, if I'm, if my understanding is correct, then I don't think it's ever going to work for me <laughs> because I think that I, so I'm putting this out there because I'm hoping that like if somebody uses it, they'll like be able to clarify or, you know or maybe it's just limited to like certain apps or websites I don't know yet. but I think it might be that you have to have iOS managing the password because uh, I did see that if you create uh if you have a saved password, like I created one in iOS just to see this and there's a thing in there where you can set up the verification code. And I think that that is what's required for it, and that's why I say I don't think it'll ever work for me, since I don't use iOS to manage my passwords. Right. But I'm dying to know, like, if somebody does use this, it seems to be uh, something new to iOS 16. But Apple's Apple's documentation on it is not; it's pretty sparse. So it, you know, it's much like I think the I think uh, the the people that wrote. The documentation on this feature for Apple left Apple and went to go work at uh, the press, uh, the PR for LastPass. And that's why we're in both situations. We're like, but I want more information. They're like, no,
2: we like vague. Yeah.
0: So at any rate, yeah, that's out there.
2: All right. So mine, I actually borrowed from our Coding Block Slack channel, which we haven't mentioned this episode, I don't believe. So if you are not Slack channel, I always say it, um, our Slack community. So if, if you're not a part of it, you should be a part of it. Go to CodingBlocks.net slash Slack and join that because there are truly amazing people out there. So this particular one is pretty cool. So it's called jump around and I'm not talking about the crisscross song that we all know and love from back, you know, 30 years ago or whatever it was. So this tip came from Thea a and uh, you can let me know if I said that even close to right. I, I, I hope I did. Um, so this is something for your command line that is actually pretty cool and it uses a thing called frequency. Yes, I said that correctly incorrectly. It's a combination of most frequent and recent. And so what it allows you to do is, at least with this particular one, we'll have a link to the GitHub page, um, you type in Z, and then you sort of type in a regex of what directory you want to go to, and it sort of keeps track of the most recent directories you've CD'd to and, and the frequency at which you've done it, and it uses like a weighted algorithm to say, hey, if you more recently went here, then I'm going to float that particular directory up to the top of the list versus if you more frequently visited it, but it was like six months ago, then that one's going to be weighted lower, right? So it it sort of ranks uh, more recent things over the more frequent ones. And so, for instance, the example that they give is if you did z foo, then it's going to go try and find a directory that looks similar to foo, that you've most recently visited, right? And then it'll just drop you into that directory. So instead of having to do cd slash dir1 slash dir2 slash dir3 slash foo, it'll just know to take you straight there. So very cool. Um, I I know that I just gave a really fast overview of that. Um, Hopefully it made a little bit of sense. I
0: was hoping that this, like you have to type in z, not cd.
2: Z, Z, yeah, Z is jump around, so it's like their CD thing. But you have to use it in order to be able to use stuff.
0: I was hoping um, you could just like add it to the shell, and it would uh like use it for change CD. what CD would use, so that way. Yeah. But yeah, I see that now. Also, uh, we need to correct your spelling here. Chris Cross is just uh, the one S, and also we uh, should pour one out from Mac Daddy because uh, he died back in uh, what was it? Uh, he died a while back. 20, did he really? Yeah, twenty thirteen. Oh man. So oh. Um, we're, okay. we're
2: topical we're on time it's only 10 years that's right but well yeah i mean it's about we time we started this yeah um and then and then another one i want to share here is from brad Knowles, and there is basically the equivalent of that same feature in powershell so if you're a powershell user here you go you can go to this link so thank you to both of you for leaving that on the tips and tricks channel in our site community and uh that's what i got
0: and you got to love that the author of the PowerShell one, Bad Motorfinger, Isn't that awesome? Nice. Yeah. Old school.
2: Yeah.
1: Love it.
0: All right. Well, uh, with that, you know, like I said, uh, to start, you know, if you haven't already subscribed to us, you can. I don't know. Maybe I didn't say it. I probably, I probably didn't. We're using <laughs> I really a, a new intro now, I guess, is the thing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But if you haven't, you can find us everywhere. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes. Um, there's helpful links at the top of the page for all of those too. If you haven't already left us a review, we would greatly appreciate it. If you did, um, coding slash review. And I have been getting reports that, um, apparently, I don't know if this is an end of the year thing, maybe, um, you know, because of holiday sales and whatnot, but like people have been getting free upgrades on their reviews. So like, you know, additional stars have been automatically getting added. Um, so, you know. I don't know how long that sale takes advantage. So you probably shouldn't like expect that sale to be around
2: and just go ahead and leave the five-star because it's right. probably what you wanted to do anyways. Concur, concur. Hey, and also uh, somebody notified us that the newsletter sign-up was broken, <laughs> which had been apparently for like... Five months. So um, that is now resolved. So if you want to get on the Coding Blocks newsletter, you can. Um, while you're at CodingBlocks.net, make sure you check out our show notes. Uh, we have all kinds of examples, discussions, and more. And send your feedback, questions, and rants to somebody on our Slack channel. <laughs> somebody, <laughs> at somebody, I think is, is the
1: technical one. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And uh, hey, uh, we got a Twitter still uh, at CodingBlocks. And if you go to CodingBlocks.net, you find all our social links at the top of the page. Without, I'm gonna break my rusty cage and run. That's right. Well right. played, sir.